Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. But the moment defines you. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. We are back, hopefully with better audio this time. This is uh, this is Andy Hayes, your host, and with me, as always, every Tuesday is Jansen Mizrak and Peter Leinenweber. Guys, welcome. Test, test, one, two. <laughs> Hello. Good to be back. So again, we're not quite sure what happened last week. Um, I heard from multiple people that the audio wasn't that big of a deal, and it's really making me question our listeners like why <laughs> wouldn't it it was a big it should be a big deal like yeah that was 50 percent standards like you could you could make it out but it sounded like a bunch of people on like a four-way facetime with yeah, headphones yeah, yeah it was in tough. different parts of the world talking to each other i i re-listened to it and i thought the first five to ten minutes were pretty tough but then once i got through that i felt like i I didn't notice it. I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't think I didn't think it was as bad as I thought when you showed it to uh, me. Well, yeah, maybe. I was I was curious to hear like after you said that the file had been damaged or whatever. And dude, I made it thirty seconds. I felt like my ears were gonna <laughs> yeah. bleed. I mean, it, it made there you go. the we have this program called Audacity that made it a lot better. So it used to be way worse. Oh really? And so mm. what the the product that you know you listened to thirty seconds of was actually way better than. Wow, I can't imagine what it was before. Yeah. Like what it was originally. Yeah. Well, it's all right. Um, all right. Our number one story of the week is actually a story from a few. I got two, I got two number one stories of the week for you guys. You wow. can't do that. <laughs> That's <laughs> breaking the rules. It's too much. Well, well, actually, we can because last week, you know, it was our special episode. And so we didn't actually. Okay. We're get making up. Fair enough. We're making up a number That's one cool. story. And it was. The North Park University golf team finished oh, fifth yes. at its conference tournament. Yes. Big time. The, that is the team that I'm the assistant coach for. We finished. That's the first time we haven't finished last since 2013. So All right. Big Progress. Progress. I'm so proud of those guys. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And they played. We got fifth out of nine teams. We have great conference. Illinois Wesleyan is, you know, they won nationals. I guess two years ago, last time they had a national tournament for D3. Um, so they win every year. Um, we our, our school's biggest rival is Wheaton College. So it's like another, like a Christian school. They're a like conservative Christian school, and North Park is like a, a liberal Christian school. Ooh, <laughs> so, okay. okay. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. It's so our rivals. Wheaton beat us by one stroke. Ooh, wow. So one stroke out of fourth. There were 980 shots counted, and we lost by one. one. Can you believe that? That is crazy. Over three rounds for a team. It's hard not to think back and kick yourself <laughs> over a couple of those. Oh yeah, we finished. They finished. We finished like 12 over in the last three holes. So it was oh, really wow. yeah Ooh, tough finish coming a in. Tough finish. But we finished. We played good before that. So I don't know. Like Weren't like one like, of their guys, like Wheaton's best player, made like an 11 on a hole, and so wow. 
a lot of swings. It was that it was like really, really windy. It's that weekend that was like oh, thirty yeah. mile an hour winds. Mm-hmm. We were playing this course called Wybring, which is Illinois State's course, and it was tough. It's just like tough yeah. out there, and so everyone was playing bad. But uh, you know, we played after the first day. Weren't y'all tied for second? Am I correct no, in saying that? No, or no, no, no. We were tied for fourth. We were tied for fourth after the oh, first and day, the fifth, and then it. after <laughs> the next round, we were like in fourth by like twelve strokes, and okay. then we ended up in oh. fifth. How big is the conference? Nine. Nine teams. Okay. Yep. And so, like, it's so interesting how, like, going into it, fifth would would have been, like, pretty good. They'd be happy with it. But then as soon as, because there's, like, live scoring going, Mm -hmm. it's like as soon as we get up to fourth, it's like, oh, like, we, you know, it's like anytime you have a success, it's like you deserve it and we belong here. Mm -hmm. And then it's like. Sure. And then whenever you like lose that, it's like, oh, like how could this happen to me? You know, <laughs> so like demoralizing. Yeah, so, but yeah. it just seems like oh, so unlucky. Like we should, right. it should have been different. But then when you're the one in the lead, it's never like oh, it should have been different. It's like oh, of course, like yeah. I belong. There. Like I <laughs> totally. earned you know, not yeah, yeah. I, but I wasn't hitting shots. But like we earned this thing. Uh-huh. So, um, I guess you can have excuses for everything. Hey man, Amen. best finish since 2013, fifth place. That's pretty good. That's something to be. Proud you can of. you can build on that. Definitely yeah. something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess going into the last the our last practice before tournament, I came up with my new favorite activity for before and during a round of golf. Come on, and it has to do with uh, with excuses. Okay, so mm-hmm. I got my second COVID vaccine that morning, the morning mm-hmm. of our last practice. So it's been literally two weeks ago today. It was a Wednesday, and so I'm think I on the first tee. I, to my playing partners, I was like, guys, I got my COVID <laughs> vaccine today. Is that worth, like, is that fair to make six excuses during the round? You know, after a bad shot or a bad hole, sure. you know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, you know, I got vaccine, you know, my arm, mm, like, arm's oh. a little sore. Mm, I yeah. think I feel some, some yeah. I can't chills quite turn coming it over, on. you know, yeah. like, yeah, my mind, you know, my head, <laughs> I'm feeling dizzy. So mm, it's like, and they're, mm. like, they're like, yeah, six, that's, you know, that's fair. And then so I go ask the other group members, like, do you guys have anything, any excuses you want to bring up? And and Drew, one of the players, he's like, he's like, I played tennis for four hours yesterday. That's worth that's worth five. And we're like, no, tennis is not worth five excuses. Maybe three. Yeah, we ended up giving him two. We gave him two excuses okay, okay. for that. <laughs> um, and then and then Jack, the other guy in the group, he showed up a little bit late, so he didn't get to you know practice on the putting green. Mm-hmm. So we said Felt that would be worth rushed. So that yeah. would be worth two excuses. Sure. On you know on put- putting greens <laughs> if he leaves it short, you know doesn't get the yeah, speed yeah, right yeah. or anything. So. It was kind of a fun, fun game to start, but yeah. and, but then it can get better because uh, uh, it just like calls out all of, like the stupid excuses that everyone makes. And once you realize that how often people make excuses, you just notice it so so often. Yeah. Um, so was that the tactic that you were gonna allow excuses, but only a certain amount, and and you kind of made make fun yeah, of it. You're making in a, sense. a joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I like but, that. But then when you're out there, it's you. It's kind of a. Com, you know, a ruling by committee decision. So mm-hmm. we were on hole, hole three at sunset. So uh, and the pin was in the front. Jack was putting from the back. He had about like a forty footer. That's a tough coming down the mm-hmm. hill. Yep. And my ball mark was about you know, six feet short of the hole, and his ball rolled right over my ball mark, and then his ball stopped two feet from from the hole. Mm. And so he was like, the ball, you know, the ball mark slowed it down, and then we like caught it, and we're like, well, like hold on, like. It may have affected the putt, but not enough. You know, it still would have mm-hmm. ended up short. Sure. So then we're sure. like, mm-hmm. that was not a valid excuse. You're not allowed to 
make that excuse because you know oh, the group. Okay, but you know, did he, that did that count as one of his t- three or however um, many you gave him? Uh, or did you like recant? No, that it was kind of you know chance? it wasn't like that. <laughs> we weren't keeping. You weren't out there keeping tallies. We weren't keeping tallies, but, but strike one warning, <laughs> yeah. boom. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, you, you know, that is it did affect your putt, but not enough to have made a difference. So it's not a you know excuse an excuse worthy of being made. Um, yeah, on it's on number seven. Drew said like. He said, I never get the speed right on this green. That's what he said as he was hitting his putt. We're like, no, like, that's actually kind of like a backdoor excuse because he's kind of like, before he hits it, is like, well, I never do it well in the past, so how could I be expected to get the speed right now? No, like, that's not a valid... It's not a valid excuse. So Did you you use all of your excuses? No, I don't think I really used any of them. But it was more of the... Did the other guys, like, uh, for, like... um, you, no, didn't you only had you only had two, so. so did did some of the guys maybe find themselves? God, I've already made two excuses, and I'm only on hole one. <laughs> I'm not totally sure. Uh, I'm supposed to make it yeah, through. Yeah. So you didn't use a single one of your six allotted. No, I don't. I think I'm pretty good at not making. Excuses. Not a single time you were like, oh, I mean, on, I, I mean, you nothing could about the literally wind, say like announcing about... it on the first tee is like really making <laughs> yeah, an that's excuse fair. before you go it's out. It's a pre-excuse. Just, yeah, it's a pre-excuse. Um, you're kind of setting the standard for the day before mm-hmm. you get out there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of my excuses would have been not having enough excuses. Oh, <laughs> so I'm, so I'm wondering for you guys: Do you guys have any like go-to excuses when you're out there? Mm. I, I used to as a kid for sure. Like what? Um, I mean, I, I think I said this on the last pod, but the classic: Oh, I knew what I did there. Like I know what I need to do in the next mm-hmm. swing, type of thing. Yeah. It's not necessarily an. Ex- I guess it is an excuse. Yeah, you're kind of explaining because... the p- previous shot, yeah. why it wasn't great by while saying you're I still kn- somehow in control like right because right. you understand yeah you know, why it went why you snap hooked it left like that makes you feel less exactly bad about yourself. yeah that tells my playing partners hey, hey i didn't do that i wasn't just an accident like yeah. I, I i know what happened there and <laughs> exactly. i will make sure it doesn't happen yeah. again yeah. and then i would proceed to do the same thing yeah. the next sh- next swing yeah. so uh that was my go-to i'm, I'm trying to think of some now if I, I if i recognize a pattern of something that i'm doing on the golf course mm-hmm. for example maybe like when we played at uh, Sunset a couple of weeks ago, and I just kept like leaving everything short. I was mm. like, "You keep doing this, <laughs> you know." And mm. uh, and so it's you but just th- say like, yeah. "God, when are you gonna learn?" <laughs> I feel like that's not not a full on excuse. That's just like a you're I letting think, out some anger. Yeah, I think you're I express some... frustration yeah. more than an excuse. I, I'm not really one to make too yeah. many excuses either, but yeah, yeah, I'll I'll express some frustration. When yeah, are you gonna learn. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say, I mean, my back, I've had some minor back issues in my life, so I, I would use that, too. That'd like, if fair, I yeah. wasn't able to fully turn on a swing or whatever, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's my back, lower back. That's a good Guys. point. I, I think the number one excuse I would go to is being sore. Yeah. 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 And I would, I mean, okay, let's just, it's a great one. So if Jansen <laughs> says he's sore, and it's the three of us, Pete, would we, like, give him that excuse? Because he, like, chooses to go to the gym often. It's not like you like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like you were. It was my own doing. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like, like you were sore because you had to help your parents move this weekend and it was or gotten like a, a fender bender or something. Yeah. And you had your yeah. neck was sore. Like yeah. it wasn't like yeah. that. It's you it's chose like, to, to become. Whereas, sore. for example, yeah. like windy for the guys in the tournament. Yeah, the wind's out of their control, but they yeah. could make excuses about the wind. Yeah, they could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've made excuses at Canal about the greens 
for sure. I've said, oh, it's just canal. Like that oh. putt would have gone in. I've done that recently. Somewhat, with a, fa- somewhat fair excuse. The a little, <laughs> little shaky lately. Yeah, but I've played there. I mean, but you know close that to going into it, right? You, right. You it know. shouldn't be. It it should be just known. Like I don't have to say it. Like I've probably played there close to a thousand times, and like I know the greens are going to be pretty mediocre. So I should know going into it. Like, hey, you don't need to need to say that for the millionth time. Yeah, I mean, didn't like. Wait, what's your best round out there? 53. Eight under? Seven under. So you shot seven under out there. Yeah. So you're not allowed to make the, like un- the greens were the same when you shot seven under. Right. So. Well, actually, <laughs> here I am. Uh, I think they were that that was like 2017. There was a year in the one of those summers where the year? greens were actually like pretty good. Mm. I mean, you were there that year. I don't yeah. know if you remember that, but no. they were pretty solid. Okay. <laughs> so a good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Just Can I make a shout out to my golf t- former golf team? Morris, you did. absolutely. Yeah, so they got second in their conference no, tournament. No, can't. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm not wanting. I'm, no, I want to shout out a, a good right. friend of mine, Jake right. Pizer. He was the uh, he was the medalist. He won. Wow. Um, so he's currently looking for a um, a bid to the national championship. He doesn't get an automatic one, being the individual winner, but he has applied for a. Uh, I forget what the word is called, but. Um, like an individual bit of some yeah, sort like for him. medalist spot? Is yeah, something like that. Well, I think that tournament's like happening today. So Well, he must have not if, gotten it. Okay. Yeah, my, my point is that he was trying to. I think his four-round score was lower than any team round, any individual team round. So that's a pretty good oh. reason to get a, a bid. But regardless, pretty awesome accomplishment. So I just wanted to shout him out. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. But, nice. yeah, second in, in the conference. I think that was the best finish in about, I don't know, 10, 10 or 11 years. So working our way up, trying to win that thing. Shouts Please. out. All right. Well, the second story of the week kind of gets us to these questions that I sent you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I had another comeback this week on tour. Aria Jutanagarn won on the LPGA Tour. <laughs> First time up. in a long time. Yeah. She had a big comeback. But she works with these with with these coaches called Vision, the Vision 54 people, Lynn Marriott and Pia, Pia Nilsson. And so I thought it would be a good time to go through one of these these strat these uh what do you call it a strategy i don't know these questions um, um questionnaire yeah anyway they're yeah, big they're, they, yeah kind of so so we have a list of questions that i asked you guys to to answer and so the the purpose is to identify kind of what you know what you do when you're playing your best golf and then like what happens to you when you maybe get in trouble or, or bad things start to happen and then if you can identify that ahead of time ideally you can catch yourself more in the moment so um Let's go with the first question. What do you do when you enjoy playing golf? I, uh, <clears throat> I'm i sure this is the case for a lot of people. I, I think I smile and laugh more often. I think I'm more prone to laugh at mediocre to poor shots and kind of brush them off a lot better. Um, I don't think I, when I'm playing well, I don't think I let those bog me down. Hmm. Um, I would assume i mean this is more the case when i was younger but i would assume for my playing partners i'm a little more enjoyable to be around oh for sure just because i do smile talk a little bit more laugh a little bit more um but yeah and what about you coach when you play your best uh i get i can piggyback off what peter said of of laughing or, or just being like oh, oh that was sick you know of kind of narrating your own shots uh but what i wrote down was uh i, I enjoy the process of hitting a shot because I like when I'm playing my best. Um, I know that my hard skills are gonna 
already be there to get the result that I want. Mm. So, so knowing that the results are already going to be good, I enjoy being present more in the process of like making the shots so mm-hmm. that you feel like it's, it's a really complete golf shot. You know yeah. what I mean? Is yeah. that, does that oh, make yeah. sense? Yeah. 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 For me, I had like shots are exciting, not intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a great way to yeah. put it. Mm-hmm. I think I enjoy my, or I pay attention to my surroundings more too. Like if it's a nice day out or if it's a cool course that I haven't played before or a course that I really enjoy playing, I think I like kind of reflect on that a little bit more in between shots. I, I had that written down too of like, uh, you know, what do you do when you play your best is I said, my eyes are more open. My vision feels sharper um, and the air seems more, more clear. And that, and that's a sensation of like, I don't know. I've tried to get there before when my vision seems foggy or who knows, maybe it's just my contacts, but, uh, <laughs> not, that's an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, my contacts are a little fuzzy. Not gonna, not gonna light it up today. Uh, but it's, it's, I don't know, just more, uh, more awareness of your, of your surroundings. I, mm-hmm. I think is a, is a great way to describe of, uh, everything seems a little cleaner, a little clearer. Kind of cool. How do you feel when you play your best? Pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, that, I mean, that's good. Good. Do you feel happy? Do you feel, do you feel focused? Do you feel, uh, kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know, like, like huff. What's uh, you know Harry Potter, like a yeah. like a Hufflepuff type person, <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, kind of floaty. Uh, yeah, I think focused is a good way to put it. I don't think I'm a Hufflepuff when okay. I'm playing well, but um, I think focus and then also just like aware. And this is similar to my answer for number one, but just aware of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. And I put three words: uh, lightweight, oh, strong. Floaty. Yeah, Hufflepuff. floaty. Yeah. Floaty. Okay. <laughs> Uh, lightweight, strong, and unintimidated. Wow. Yeah. In my words. I wrote that I feel like I'm on an adventure. Mm. How do you think when you play your best? Willing of a challenge. Oh. Yeah. I think like you said, number one, just like I don't look at it as a shot as intimidating. I look at it as exciting and I'm excited for the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or right. the whole now the next part are like the questions of like when you're not playing your best. How do you usually get in your way on the golf course? Uh, the, yeah, this is one that I struggle with on a pretty regular basis of of creating like a false narrative in my head and, and jumping to conclusions of what I think will happen in the future. Ah. So I will let's say I par the first two holes and then I triple the third. I'm like three over through three, I will automatically think, well, how, how will I get this back? And what if I make another double? Will, you know, will I, uh, will I be able to make enough birdies to make up for this? Or will I be able to go on a par streak to even all of this out? And so I'm automatically thinking ahead mm-hmm. as a result of mm-hmm. this, of this outcome that just happened rather than just yeah. one shot at a time, one hole at a time, which again, it's very cliche, but, uh, yeah, getting, uh, creating a, uh, a narrative and and that's that's a word that um I like from from Arthur from some of the mindfulness of just the story in your head that you create mm-hmm. and uh, I let it snowball and get a little bit too too much in the future. Yeah, similar to Jansen, I I <clears throat> lose sh- lose focus of the the shot or the hole at hand and I start thinking ahead and um assuming things will happen when they haven't happened yet and I 
that nothing's been in play for those things to happen. Um, so yeah, I just lose focus of the, or I lose the ability to, to kind of be present. So hmm. as we've talked about in prior episodes, I give myself directions. Like, Ooh. Can you explain, explain that? That's cool. It's like, Oh, the ball went left. Now I have to, t- now I'm assuming this next one's going to go left. So I have to give myself directions on how to, not you know, hit it left, not yeah. hit it left. Yeah. Or, or like, but then I, then I, tr- then I know that that's a bad idea. So then I like give myself ins- directions on like not giving myself directions. So mm. that doesn't really help either. <laughs> um, okay. I think a common theme with that one is like compounding mistakes or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, it just gets out of control and it keeps getting worse more and more and more, right? Like more mm-hmm. directions or yeah, more holes of assuming of what you want to do or, mm-hmm. or more, uh, like my case, a yeah. longer a longer story. Mm. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, sure. Um, what is a technical part of your game that goes out awry when you play poorly? Uh, I'm sure this is pretty common, but it's my tempo, just my pre-shot tempo, but also like the tempo of my golf swing. I think when I feel things start to fall apart, that's the first thing that goes awry for me. Is that like I. I lose focus of, and I, I, I speed things up for myself. I walk a little bit faster. I'm trying to get to that next shot so I can prepare for it. But, but when I'm playing well, it's the opposite. I kind of like, I take my time a little bit better. So it's as far as like the technical part of my swing, probably my tempo. Uh, what did I put? I put, uh, oh, uh, body rotation from mm-hmm. like a technical. So I just swing with my arms. Yeah. And I lose awareness where the club is. And mm-hmm. so my, my body doesn't know when to go. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I get careful, and then I don't finish my turn or, or use my legs. Yeah. Or it's like mm-hmm. When I'm hitting good, I like can jump and hit the ball. But when I don't play good, I don't do that. Yeah, when I feel uh, – I can say the same thing about that of when I feel timid about a shot or maybe not 100% committed to it, I will uh, ease up through yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that's where my, my answer came from yeah. is my body just stalls out. Mm-hmm. What do you do between shots when your game isn't at its best? I think I just kind of answered this in question two, but I just take less time in between shots. I can feel myself walking faster to the next shot. My pre-shot routine is sped up a little bit. Um, And I have a lack of attention to my target and a lack of commitment to my target. So I'll start trying to force it and shoot for pins that I don't need to shoot for, shoot for targets and lines that I don't need to be shooting for. Uh, I said lack of pace, you know, Mm -hmm. between shots or or in the shot. Uh, And then I also, uh, I'm more tempted to pull out my phone or do do something Mm -hmm. like in my golf bag or something to like try and distract me from the chaos that might be going on in my Uh. game or my golf swing. I'm just like, oh, there's maybe there's something more positive going so, you know, on. I, I just um, take my, let me check my text. Yeah, yeah. Let me take check my Instagram. Brain off. Yeah. Let me try and. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. A funny one. Re- um, my reset button. What situations tend to make your worst self appear? Is this having to do with like what situations on the course make your worst self appear? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't think it's talking about like the COVID pandemic. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty. It's a pretty generic question. Uh, <clears throat> when my girlfriend uh, like <laughs> s- sends me a text. Sorry, <laughs> Beyonce. Congratulations, by the way. 
Yeah, that thing. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, Ob right. <laughs> oh yeah, you got you lost. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. Ob or hazard right. To the right. Uh, my miss is right. So when it's over there, I tend to just um, overswing, aim yeah. to the left, and you know, a lot of stuff can go wrong from there. Yeah. Or or dog leg dog leg rights. That dog too. When right. I'm forced to hit a fake. Mm. I'm way more nervous of water left than I am OB left. Huh. Interesting. I don't know why. I think I just hate seeing the splash. That's really <laughs> demoralizing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the the one thing that always gets me of like when I know I'm playing my best, I can pull this shot off. But when I'm not playing well, it's almost a guarantee. Like, you know, cruise missile across the ground or a or a top shot is um, a downhill lie in the fairway when I need to hit three wood or or a long mm-hmm. iron. Those downhill lies get me. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Mine at least used to be OB like out of bounds left. I've played Sunset Valley a lot this year, and I haven't hit one out of bounds in a long time. So maybe I'm conquering my my fear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's still like I went all winter, like never hitting, seeing a ball go left, and then my first hole outside, like, was a snap hook left. So that was that was like, what do you do if that's yeah. figuring yeah. it out? Um. So. Was I'm interested in like what was your, how did it feel answering these questions? Did you learn anything about yourself? Yeah, I, I don't think I learned anything new, but I think I just reinforced some things that I haven't thought about in a while. Um, I had a coach in college that uh, would talk me through stuff like this pre pre tournament and stuff like that, preparing for certain shots and certain holes. And I knew that the hazard right or OB mm-hmm. right always kind of was my bugaboo. So, um, yeah, I mean, I knew these things, but it was interesting to reflect on them. I don't, yeah. I don't think I thought about the first ones, the first few, yeah, like, like when the you're good things. The yeah. yeah what, so if you, if you guys, each had, if we each had to summarize like a couple words or phrases that when we're playing our best, that would describe playing our best, what would you guys, I, I have shots are exciting, not intimidating, uh, sense of adventure. I would say Pete's at smiling. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool one. I, w- I would say um, I, eyes more open, vision sharper, lightweight and un- unintimidated. Mm. Yeah, eyes more open I like a lot. Just better vision, I suppose. Not literally better vision, but better vision of the task at hand. Mm. So I was, layer, layers yeah. to that yeah I like so that. we have lots of things that are like like smiling vision eyes lightweight uh adventure um but then isn't it weird that if those are the things that describe more playing our best whenever we start to play bad our minds tend to go like swing thought like mm-hmm. technical instruction mm-hmm. if you have a bad round of golf like you're gonna go to the driving range and try to like fix that swing sure as opposed to uh, I don't know. Practice smiling more, or <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you no, know? What yeah, you, yeah. I think you don't this default to these things yeah. that we just described. I yeah. think these things can be applied to just life, not just golf. I mean, no matter how you look at a situation, if you're if a situation is going poorly, some of my responses to that are very similar to how I would respond to playing poorly mm. in golf. Mm. And then the same is when things are going well. I am smiling more. I am laughing more. I am. I have a better vision of what's going on. So 
I got a question for you guys. Do you think it was easier answering the good ones or the bad ones? Like the first five or the second five? I I kind of struggled with the first five just because it's almost easy to just say, oh, yeah, well, I'm more present and I'm just more connected with my target. So I tried to think a little past that first level, I guess you could say. Of like, mm-hmm. well, I, I almost had to uh, coach myself through those those questions to say, well, give me more. Be more specific. So that was a little challenging. and. But it, I, don't, I thought they were pretty equally mm-hmm. challenging. But it was, like you say, like it's not the first time I've answered or thought about things like that, but it was nice to go through it and put a little structure to these things. Yeah. I thought the first five were harder to answer. I actually X'd out the, <laughs> a couple of them and just said same as one because I never really thought about that as much, about what happens when I'm playing well. Because mm-hmm. I think you tend to, or at least in my head, I tend to, think more about the the bad shots or the bad holes or the bad rounds so I can improve on those. And so I think about what I'm doing in that moment or in those moments, and I tend to forget about what I do when I'm playing well. Yeah. And so so what they were, they, the coaches kind of, the, the purpose of doing this is like, so when you start playing bad, can you like get yourself back to like your good self quicker? Like mm-hmm. as soon as you notice those things start to, to come up, um, but it's so they talk about this kind of in their book that um you know most people when they're playing well they like they feel calm or or present or you know all these words that we've kind of danced around um but still whenever you but we don't really like practice that or we don't like teach people how to do that mm-hmm. as much as we do talk about club path and club face <laughs> whereas mm-hmm. um I, I think it's just an interesting perspective on a way to to get better that that, that like the golf swing is just one you know, one part of it, but then there's all these other like skills and practices that could help yeah. your game just as much, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might have to make another manifesto episode about how that could maybe be human skills, human skills. Yeah. Yeah. They so make the explicit, like they all these things are implicit things that like everyone does, but no one, like nobody's talking about it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think if, we could all imagine like we're smiling more, just like Pete. Mm-hmm. Help us out. It's there. a nice image. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just helpful to to think about them and write them down. And I think this, a lot of that goes back to um, some of our earlier podcasts about pr- being more present and like enjoying it more, enjoying the moment more, and enjoying the process more, as opposed to getting so dogged down by bad shots or yeah. So bad how play. would you, if you had a student? I know you have students like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you teach them to be more present or enjoy it or enjoy the process more? Uh, I'm not going to name names, but I had a lesson on uh, Saturday uh, out at Deerfield. Um, I was finishing up one of my lessons, and he had come early. Uh, and he was. I told him to go get warmed up on the range, and I was over on the putting green. And he had a little meltdown, from what I heard, before the re- lesson even started. I guess he hit, like, five or six shots and, like, no practice swings, just jumped right to his forearm that he loves to hit. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't awesome. hit outside the entire year, except for once when he played in Florida. So how do, I didn't really know how to handle that at first, but I'd, I'd had similar things come up when we were indoors throughout the winter with um, said student. So I just explained to him the situation. We have not practiced on grass all year, right? It's the first lesson outside. 
you jumped to your forearm first, which is the hardest iron in your bag to hit. Probably the hardest club in your bag to hit. Um, I forget your question, but uh, I tried to, without saying those words, tried to have him be more present and like understand, hey, this is a process. It doesn't just come at the snap of your fingers. You have to work towards a different feeling when you're outside as opposed to when you're hitting off turf inside. So um, that was interesting, but I, we, we, we figured it out. And towards the end of the lesson, I think he really enjoyed himself, but he was ready to, to leave and not do the lesson at all. Yeah, I just wonder if, like, could we develop more tools in our toolbox where even before the lesson starts, and this could be, like, indoors, like, and I'm pretty sure you, you, you know, because this is what I did, you probably spent most of your time this winter indoors with this person, like, working on their swing Correct. or playing the course. Like, you never, he never got there and was, like, and you were, like, hey, we're, it's good, to, it'll help you play golf better if you can be calm. And so mm-hmm. we're going to go for a walk for five, you know, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we could come up with those, we have plenty of tricks to help someone's club path, but like, how could we help them yeah. smile more? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did end up playing like a, a little game with him where we picked two targets out in the range um, and made that our fairway. And we just went back and forth with drivers. And if he hit the fairway, I had to hit it. Otherwise he gets a point and then I go. And then if I hit it and he doesn't hit it, I get a point. A little knockout. Yeah. That was fun. And I think he really, really enjoyed that. And, I gave him a run for his money. I'm not going to let the kid beat me, but vice versa. <laughs> he gave me a run for my money, and he didn't let me beat him. So I think he started enjoying himself after that, and that was a good good way to get his mind off of club path, which he's obsessed with, and, mm. and face-to-path and whatnot. I had a student come to me um, last last week, and he had played a tournament. No, he played a practice round before for a tournament uh, later that weekend, and uh same thing, came a little early, started warming up on the range. I was finishing up with a student of mine, and and I I see him pull, I don't know what it was. It was probably an 8-iron or 7-iron, and just full swings, full speed, going right off it, off that tight grass out mm-hmm. there. And he's topping it, chunking it, boom. And after about three really crummy shots, I heard a club slam on the ground a couple of times, and I could just see his body language. I turned over, I was like, hey, I'll be there in just a moment, but I need you to start chipping. You know, mm-hmm. I need you to, hey, calm, it's okay. Hey, slow down real quick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jonathan, you don't have to go full, you know, full swings yet. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like a really great learning experience for, for both of us that I needed to give. And so we talked about it. I said, hey, when you were warming up, like what happened? He said, hey, I, I just like warming up, like how I do. And I said, well, I think we need to maybe have a different way we warm up because what what just happened really got you set up for failure for the day because you were frustrated before the lesson even started that was a cool and, down um, not a warm-up no, yeah that was a cool down yeah absolutely so uh we put some put some things in place to help him have some structure to to get going for the day yeah. um, and that was that was pretty cool yeah i was thinking for myself one of my things was sh- when i'm playing my best shots are exciting not intimidating exciting to hit the shot like it feels like an adventure when i think of sometimes when i practice and it's like just gonna hit 57 irons in a row there's nothing exciting about that Mm -hmm. but that's so it's almost like training my mind to do something that's actually not gonna you know gonna help me get to my best um so i need to find ways to do things differently i think i think a good exercise would be go on the range and switch up the targets as much as you can but like go switch clubs when you're bored. Like how many balls does it take you to get bored of hitting that club? Mm. You know, yeah. 
I think some mm -hmm. people probably don't have an issue hitting seven irons for the whole time we're in a station on the range. And then I think there's some other people that are constantly asking the coaches, can I switch clubs yet? Can I switch clubs yet? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I say no, because I have them, I, there's an exercise I want them to do. And so I want them to complete that. But a lot of the times I've just started saying yes, because I want them to be more engaged. And mm -hmm. I want them to, to have that, that sense of adventure and excitement. Um, and most of the time, the stuff we're having them do, they can do it with whatever club they want to yeah. hit. Yeah. It might be driver, might be a little limiting every once in a while, but, uh, you gotta keep, gotta keep oh, the interest. It's another word, engaged. Like people yeah, play well, the, they're engaged, sure. and so like, how can you start your time of golf like focusing on? I just want to be engaged in what I'm doing, mm -hmm. rather than I want to hit good shots or I want to make a score. Like, I think if you could focus on engaged being first, then you would, uh, a score would come. Mm -hmm. Sure thing. All right. Um, anything you guys are fascinated by this week? Yes. Go. Transitioning outside, uh, oh, just because yeah. we're kind of on that topic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a really great transition outside thus far with a lot of my students. And, and I was thinking about how, how, have, how has my coaching adapted to help these people move outside? What strategies have I used? What have I done? You know, and um, the, I guess the sequence or the, or the lesson structure with a lot of my people has been starting – starting over at the chipping green in the fairway and just creating some gates, feet nice and close together and brush, 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 just making the, the most simple strike that you can make or the most simple mm -hmm. swing you can make for solid contact and doing that with, with a low lofted wedge and then taking a higher lofted wedge and then kind of growing the swing from there uh, and then going to the range and hitting everything off a tee. And then we actually did that a uh, nice little progression uh, hitting hitting off a tee and awareness of the tee of how to make solid contact in the classes last mm -hmm. week. And what we did was I had them put a tee in the ground and take practice swings and say, just get the tee out of the ground. Oh. And so they have to make a pretty good crisp strike to do that. You can't chunk it too much or the tee will stay in the ground. Mm -hmm. And you also like can't miss the ground because it won't, you, obviously yeah. you won't hit it. So with that being said, like they, they did a pretty nice job of that. And then I put the, we put the balls on the tee and I said, Make a swing that you can get the tee off the ground. Not hit the ball, but get the tee out of the ground. And that, uh, that focus of instead of being distracted by the ball or a target or something, like they, the kids were hitting it great, and it's the, mm -hmm. it was their first class outside. Uh, I don't know if that's the answer for everyone or, or every time we transition, but it was just a, almost a little mind trick that I played on them of, uh, distracting them with focusing on getting a tee out of the ground rather than hitting a ball. So it seemed pretty simple, but it was a pretty cool, pretty cool fix. Yeah. And then with the driver, you know, we, we teed the ball or the teed the tee a little higher and just said, don't hit the ground, but hit the tee. Can you make that little click noise? Mm -hmm. That seemed to help a couple kids that typically pop up their drivers a lot, uh, shallow them out a little bit and make some good contact with the driver too. So that was a, I, I'd recommend everyone, hitting balls off a tee when you first move outside so that you're not distracted of like, oh, I got to hit this ground really hard or I got to, yeah. you know, go down. Make it simple. Yeah. So that was my fascinating wow. thing was that kind of progression or mind trick that Thank I played you for sharing. Sounds you know, great. with some of the kiddos. Do you have anything, Pete? <laughs> um, I want, I would like to second Jansen's thoughts. Uh, 
I was running the opposite class from him on Tuesday, Thursday, and uh, the tra- we we went out to sunset on Tuesday. So the first time we were outside was not on the driving range or the or the yeah. practice green. So we went jumped right in. Um, but for the young guys, I had them just start 150 or so yards out off the green. Um, no need to play 500 yard par fives <laughs> with those kids uh, to, to get the year started. But um, I thought it went really well. I think it was the kids enjoyed it. It was really cold. Um, nobody didn't hear any complaints about that. Just heard some sniffles here and there. But um, yeah, transition went well. Um, so I was, I was. This is my first transition from indoor to outdoor um, as an employee here at at TGP. So um, that's been it's been good to experience that. It's still ongoing. I know a lot of my students haven't gone fully outside yet. But how many um, excuses are people afforded for transitioning from indoors to outdoor? <laughs> I think you start off with more, and then as once we get to like June, just you can't. You think they get the whole month? I don't know. I mean, how many times? Some some people are only going to play two or three times throughout the month. Okay. I think once June comes, it's a hard stop. So hard I think you got to yeah, slow. I, I agree with that. I like that hard, I it's a hard slow. stop at June. You've got yeah. enough time. Right. Yeah. You know. Great. So use, sure. them. use them. Because, yeah. like, the cold weather is going to allow for a lot of excuses. You know, my hands Absolutely. are cold. I'm I don't prepared. have gloves. Like, too many layers. Mine is la- too, many layers, too many layers. So I can't. You know, I just can't turn. do. I yeah. can't. Just. Uh, yeah. Too restricting. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another podcast. Or, yeah, we've got a great idea, idea about a jacket. Uh, I haven't heard about all this. your problems. But Trinket. half-baked ideas. Save podcast. that for it's later. It's probably been on a half-baked ideas podcast. But, um. All right, my topic of fascination slash philosophy corner comes from this this writer named Byron Katie. Here we go. <laughs> she has this, she calls it the work, and it, it's this method of, she calls it inquiry. And so she says, any thought that you have, and I'm, I'm interested if, if you guys have any, like, comment, I'll, I'll offer one first, but okay. then you guys, if you have <laughs> any that pop in your head and, and want to go through this, um, it would, it's a, you know, it'd be interesting little exercise here. Okay. Her four questions are, of, of you, and she encourages you to do this about any thought that you have. Question number one, is it true? Question number two, can you absolutely know it's true? Question number three, how do you react or, or what happens when you believe that thought? Question number four, who would you be without the thought? And then mm. the final one is turn the thought around. So let's take one for me. Um, how about, This isn't really a thought I have, but I got, I, maybe I have in the past. My wife, Jenny. How about Jenny never does the dishes? Okay. Fair. It's thought. You can imagine me having that thought, right? You get yeah. home. As you're cleaning sure. the dishes. Yeah. Why yeah. does it? Jenny, yeah. She yeah. never no. clean the dishes. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. She never does the dishes. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's my thought. Is it, question number one, is it true? Um, you know, maybe I could be like, oh, maybe to something like she does the dishes less than me. So basically it's mostly true. I could say that. Um can you absolutely know it's true? It's maybe a little bit hard like to say she never does the dishes. Okay. Yeah. Probably can't absolutely, you know, that's I'm sure this, she does a few while you're at work. Yeah, at this yeah. point I know that that you know that's not, you know, it's not true. All right, we're only question 2. And then question number 3, how do you react? Like what happens when you believe that thought? And I think I believe that it it feels like I like I'm not being cared for or like my that, that she would think my time isn't as important as hers mm-hmm. or she's not like looking for ways to make our apartment better the same way I am. So that's what happens if I believe that the thought is true. Yeah. Um, but then question number four, 
who would you be without the thought? Um, I would probably be just like a happier person, I think. Yeah, because right? yeah. the thought of someone not doing their dishes annoys you because it's yeah. more work for you, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would feel like better about our relationship, I guess. That's what I'd also be without that thought. For sure. Um, and then my favorite part is, is turn the thought around. So you would the way you would do that would be Jenny always does the dishes. And then you you play you play with that thought in your mind. Do you like, go through the same questions? No, no, no. Again? No, you just so you're just like now, oh what what they do like Jenny always does the dishes and you just like let that like bounce around in your mind a little bit. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like oh cool. Like she always does the dishes. Like she must really like care for me. She's like that's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that supposed to is that final question? about whatever thought you have, is that supposed to give you a little more comfort or a little more calm you down a little? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it just like, I think it just shows that, that thoughts are just these things that have a way of just like taking control mm-hmm. over, over us and that they, yeah. it's like you're taking back some of that power by kind of doing that and by like almost reversing it. Taking your emotions back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, do you think, not saying this is yeah. what you think, but do you think if somebody did that and then got to, when they turned the thought around and uh-huh. said, Jenny always does the dishes yeah. or X person sure. always does the dishes that they go back to being like, well, she doesn't always do the dishes. <laughs> she never does the dishes. <laughs> well, maybe and you start could. over, but yeah, well then maybe you could start over. I think that'd be fine. I think it's more of like yeah. a, you're just playing with like that idea of like, mm-hmm. Oh, this person, like the opposite is true. And you see, like, yeah. Oh, maybe the, op- cause then you, you probably would think about it that, she probably does the dishes just as much, maybe even more than, than I do, if you think about it. So mm-hmm. the thought the thought started with Jenny never does the dishes, but that's actually a more false thought than the thought of like Jenny always does the dishes. That yeah. Jenny mm-hmm. always does the dishes is probably actually closer to the truth than Jenny yes. never does the dishes. So And if yeah. you have you that like thought in there. your head that she always does them, yeah. then if you were to catch her not doing it, you would think to yourself, well, that's okay. I'll let it slide because yeah, exactly. she always does always. it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, I got this one, <laughs> yeah. honey. It's yeah, all good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's um, nice. I yeah. Like that. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Do either of you guys want to uh, step up to the plate? Whew. That's funny. Ariana gets on me about leaving, you know, a dish or two in the sink at night. That's one mm. of her pet peeves. Okay. Do you have anything uh, non-cleaning I, I like related? Cleaning just, related. I, was, I yeah. was thinking, yeah. Um, <laughs> this could be something work. It could be something with I have your one. students. You have one? I feel like okay. when when I am trying to get somewhere, yeah. that I always hit every red light. I always hit every red light. As and it's thought. not just red lights. It's like I always hit some really slow driver or pedestrians are just this. taking yeah. their mm-hmm. sweet time to cross the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't see me there crossing when there's a red light. I like stuff like little things like that. I feel like every time I'm trying to get somewhere, there's always I run into so many roadblocks, mm-hmm. like getting to that place because of the of the speed of traffic of red lights. What I think it's specifically red lights to me. I think I'm cursed. So red lights. I always hit the red lights. Always hit the red when lights. I'm driving. Okay. So I'm gonna go through that. All right. Well, I'll 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 be the questioner. Okay. Is it is it true? Yes. Sometimes. Okay. Um, <laughs> question number two: Can can you absolutely know it's true? No, I can't. You can't. I can't measure that. Okay. Um, how do you react, or what happens when you believe a thought? I get I get pretty angry about it <laughs> and frustrated. Road yeah. rage. Okay. Um, 
any, does anything else like happen to you? Like, cause it seems uh, more than anger. It seems like I think it's you less. feel like you're like not not being seen. Like like your space on this earth is not like, yes. as important as other I think, people. I think it's, it like, is laughable how often I hit like long red lights. Like I just one after the other. So, but then it almost seems like you think there's like a higher power somewhat <laughs> conspiring against you at the same time. Yes. Yes. So that's who you become. Is um, that fair? Is that fair to say? That's, yes. Okay. All right. Now, who would you be without the thought? Uh, I'd be a lot calmer. Um, I don't want to get off too off track, but the other the other question I say or thing I say all the time is that I can never find a parking spot mm. ever. So I think they both apply. Uh, of course, that's yeah. not true. Of course, I can sometimes find a parking spot. Of course, I don't always hit the red yeah. lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would I be without those thoughts, though? I'd probably be a lot calmer, like a calmer person. Hmm. You'd enjoy your drive. I more. would enjoy my drive You'd more. Enjoy, I think that's enjoy the commute. Yeah. You'd enjoy, which I actually yeah. more often than not do really enjoy the commute. Okay. I think mm-hmm. it separates work from home. But okay. um, to turn right, around, now turn the thought around. I never hit any red lights, and I always find parking. Wow. wow. What does that do to you? Like, <laughs> Just saying that. Well, it is true. I always do park somewhere. So well, we're on the red lights. Okay, we need the red. Let's I always. D- okay, yeah. Okay, that's so true. play around with the I play around with it. Uh, I always, you know, it's a green light every time. I, I've never seen the light be red. It sounds unbelievable. Oh. It sounds like a life I want. I want to be a part of. <laughs> sounds like heaven. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It just makes me realize how like meaningless this whole thing is. How like not life. I mean, oh. Life is very meaningless. How meaningless red lights are. Like, of course you're gonna hit some red lights here and there. It's nobody's out to get me. There is no higher power with a vendetta <laughs> against me. That's crazy town to think that way. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think it makes me laugh about it. So I kind of you know loosen up a little bit. It's more so funny than it is like maddening. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think as a lot of things I've said on this show, it was a bigger deal when I was younger and I was a little bit less, I don't know, I had less yeah. perspective, I suppose. Okay. Okay. But that is a fun thought experiment. Okay. I'm very interested in doing that for more thoughts. Oh. Coach Jay, do you have any thoughts? Uh, or if you don't have one, like pick a golf-related thought that, okay. that, that, that you have. Mm. Like, I always blank or this always happens to me or whenever i whatever uh after after a long practice session my my back and left hip always hurt wow okay is Mm. it true yes (laughs) (laughs) it hurts can you because this could be true like we could like we could ultimately get to the end of this and find out that the thought was like a valid thought. So it doesn't have to be like, you're always like questioning your thoughts. Okay. Second, um, can you absolutely prove that it's true? Yes. Cause I can feel the pain. Okay. Um, but do you have, I mean, like, have you taken notes? Like you, like, do you have like a records that you can go back in that shows like after each time you're like practice session on, mm. you know, May 2nd pain. Yes. Practice session on April 30th. Pain. Yes. Like, uh, it, like that's, that. that's a good point. Cause there could be like a day, like, could there have possibly been one day where you didn't feel pain? This, this is true. Um, when I am on top of my 
mobility and uh-huh. keeping my body healthy. Yes, but uh, so I would say, I would say more times than not, it hurts, but not always. Okay. If um, my body's in good shape and I I've done my my warm ups, I'm good to go. How? It's just a lot of work, so you know I don't want to do that all the time. What happens when you believe the thought? <laughs> Ooh, it's a good one. What, what happens, happens when, when I... you believe that that thought is true? That that after a practice session you're always in pain. Mm. I think I'm a little tentative in my golf swing. Mm. I st- yeah. I might start making excuses. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Who would you be without the thought? Well, pain free is a great place to be. <laughs> As a person, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would enjoy my practice a little bit. I, I think I would enjoy my post round practice a little bit more. Of you know the rest of the day, mm-hmm. uh, being on my feet. Well, it's not, it's not necessarily saying who would you be without the pain. It's just who would you be without the thought, the thought. that you always have pain. Yeah, after it, it the wouldn't. Round. Be, yeah, it wouldn't be. I I wouldn't feel like it's bogged down. It, or or maybe anxious about what I might feel after. Okay. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Okay. And then now turn the thought around. I never have back pain. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, you know, I believe that thought because I know it can be true. Because that second question he asked me, it's not always. It's not always. A lot, going through this exercise makes me think, because I can relate to the parking situation that Peter's gone through. Mm-hmm. You know, my old apartment was close to the lake over there. Parking was horrendous. horrendous. Absolute nightmare. Uh, and, and other things are, oh, I feel like I'm rushed for time. And uh, I seem to always, you know, get... Uh, the the thing that um, I've always tried to, to do is whenever I find myself getting annoyed or bothered by something is, well, what am I going to do to fix it other than complaining? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. my solution to that would be, well, I should have left earlier if I feel like I was rushed for time, you know, uh, to wherever, de- whatever destination I'm going to. Uh, two, I should probably buy a parking pass of wherever I'm going. So that's what I did in my old place, bought a parking pass. And I should probably take care of my body and do my proper uh-huh. exercises and uh, fast release and rolling and, mm-hmm. you know, joint conditioning uh, so that I don't screw my body up. Uh-huh. Take care of it. So, you know, there's solutions that or there's preventative actions you can take. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming down the, you know. Yeah. I'm jumping. I'm like that's cool, man. Rolling really through cool. thoughts in my mind. This, yeah. Because, I right mean, now. all of our thoughts were kind of like surface level. You could imagine doing this with some like more Something serious thoughts yeah. of like, mm-hmm. I'm not good at my job or this person doesn't listen to me or mm-hmm. this person doesn't value, you know, my opinion. Or, uh, I think that could you know, really whatever. help with like relationships. Sure. You know, yeah. whether it's a work colleague, it's your spouse, it's your girlfriend, uh, somebody that yeah, you got to deal with at you know the grocery store or something. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I think what this is this thought experiment taught me is that like, for me, I I make a lot of absolute statements. Mm. Like it's either this or this. There's yeah. no in between. It's and like I Phil think Mickelson with chipping. and i think in like relationships people do that a lot too myself included where you make some absolute statements and it's like well there's probably a good chance it's not that that's not fully true and that you're exaggerating it or you're kind of pushing that narrative per se um so if you were to go through that thought experiment with those those statements i feel like you'd kind of come to terms with oh maybe that's uh not actually completely true Mm -hmm. and there's more of a middle ground there yeah and 
I mean, if <clears throat> you think about even all of like the state, it's almost golf excuses are like pretty close to this as well. Like state, like the putting greens, I, I could never be expected to putt well at Canal because the greens are so bad. <laughs> like you could go down this thought experiment yeah, with that. Yeah. Or it's things like you hear people all the time say, like, I never hit this club good. Okay, mm-hmm. like play with that a little bit. Is so that like, always true? Yeah. yeah. But then play again, like flip it to like, I always play hit this club good. Or I never birdie this hole to like, I always birdie this hole. Like, if exciting. you get to that place like before a round yeah. or before a hole, like, yeah, be, yeah it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Pretty um, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, guys, thank you. Very much. Clean That's contact. For today. We'll talk to you all next week. Because that shot. All right. Another great Tuesday in the books. Yeah, good to be here. To find the moment. The moment defines you. Well, here it comes.